0: Welcome back to the emergency goalies. Uh, we had a busy week and some, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Some pretty insane games uh, were going on past week, um, including, I mean, I- I'm gonna be honest. I've seen the Blackhawks lose a lot of games, but I've never laughed when they lost a game until their last game, because I mean, did we just talk about that goal? What was that?
1: Yeah, that was definitely a, a fitting end to a, a pretty epic collapse by the Blackhawks. Um, you know, it was certainly some <laughs> a, a very bad break there. Um, I, I want to say Buffalo even had gotten another kind of fluky goal earlier than that, which helped them, you know, overcome that four-goal lead. But yeah, I mean, you know, kind of two two big collapses in a row, and you know, to have it end on a note like that was certainly um, the type of thing where if you didn't if if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. So.
0: Yes. I mean, obviously, if that was like a playoff game or the Blackhawks were like fighting for a spot in the playoffs, that would have been just gut wrenching. Yeah, but obviously, this is. A lost season. Mm-hmm. It's more on the laugh side than the cry side. Yeah. But um just overall, we're back to the the run and gun, wide open, you know, fun, not good, but yep. fun hockey. We were talking about a couple years ago. And I mean, you gotta be honest, some of it's gonna be the goalies without flurry to stop some of the great chances, these games are going to get wild.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it, uh, unlike in years past, um, you know, we're not quite sure that the Blackhawks have the firepower to run and gun with teams anymore. Although, you know, the offense has definitely improved over the last month or two. Um, they definitely scaled things back under, the, you know, the first couple of months under King, but they've, they've started opening it back up. And yeah, now, now we're kind of back to uh, a little bit of run and gun, um, taking a few more chances offensively. And, you know, some of the, some of the offensive players have kind of regained some confidence and Taves is skating better and seems uh, far more healthy the last month or two than he did the first month or two. So that, you know, helps extend the lineup a little bit too. And, you know, we're also reaching the point in the season where, you know, it's not just the Blackhawks playing for nothing but pride. Uh, You know, they're starting to to face some other teams that, you know, aren't going to necessarily bring their A game every night. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. And um, the other thing that, I mean, it's just been a few games, but, you know, Radish has really helped he's been a surprise. I, I mean, I guess cause he was buried in Tampa that he had skill, but he's been pretty good.
1: Yeah. The, the thing that's been the, the most pleasant surprise to me um, is he, he moves a little better than what I remember him from when he played in juniors and I researched him a little bit in the draft. And then even when he first came up with Tampa, um, you know, I, I remember seeing a few games with them where he just, he didn't stand out much with, uh, the way he was able to move around the, the ice, but since he's come to the Blackhawks, uh, you know, the hustle's been there and, uh, you know, he's, he's got the ability to get to the spots in order to score. Um, you know, I, he was a guy that, uh, as he was coming up, I, I kind of considered him one of those guys that had the brain for the nhl but just you know he knew where to be but he could he actually get there um he seems to be able to get there right now yeah and that's definitely a bonus because he does have an nhl caliber shot he's got he's got the hands to to put up some points and um he's one of those guys kind of like dylan strome where he understands where everybody is out on the ice and
0: just good he get to the
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's got, uh, he's got some skills, so,
0: um,
1: he's definitely taking advantage of his opportunity. Now this is, uh, you know, one of those situations where we do need to kind of wait and see how, how it plays out. Um, he wouldn't be the first guy who was buried in a tough situation, gets to a new team, has a fresh opportunity, gets off to a fast, fast start. And then, you know, eventually it kind of, you know, that the, the the newness factor and the excitement kind Mm -hmm. of wears off and, you know, the, the effort level maybe declines a little bit. Um, You know, I hope that's not the case. I don't, I I don't expect that necessarily to be the case, but I also don't expect them to continue to kind of keep at a a point per game pace either. Um, But, you know, it does, give me some hope that, yeah, you know, maybe he is a potential second line winger um, or at the very least, I I feel more confident that he can at least fill a third line role for a while. And, you know, even if at, you know, he's 24, so, you know, I mean, he's kind of in that same age range as like Dylan Strome again. So is he necessarily a long-term piece? Probably not, but if he continues to perform well, as a guy with two years left on his deal, at like, I think he's, his salary is under 900000 per year, he could certainly yeah. be another guy that we could flip to a contender, um, you know, in a year or two and hopefully get a, a you know, a, a pretty good return. So,
0: yeah, that's a couple of trades that have gotten some decent pieces. Exactly. Them, Kim and Lafferty that mm-hmm. you might make the flip.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I was a little surprised that that they didn't flip Lafferty at the deadline. Um, He is a pending free agent, but uh, at the same time, you know, you get the sense that kind of like Radish, he's appreciative of, he he realizes the opportunity that he's got with the Blackhawks, you know, with a contender, he'd be a 12th, 13th, maybe even 14th forward with the Blackhawks. He's getting third line minutes most of the night, most, most games. And, you know, he's, starting to put a few points on the board after, you know, I think it was like the first 15 games. I don't think he had any points at all. Um, so yeah, you know, it's it, it, with Lafferty, it's never been a, a question of effort. Um, he's, so. he's always been a, a, a grinder who, who brings energy, but it was just a matter of, he couldn't finish and at least over the last five uh, or 10 games, we're starting to see a little bit of finish, but also at the same time, the guy's 27, uh, you know, at some point, you know, there's, there's just not as much upside with guys and, um, but, you know, is he somebody that uh, would probably re-sign relatively cheap, mm-hmm. um, you know, probably under a million dollars.
0: And then you could um, maybe.
1: You could flip him mm-hmm. like, like you did with Ryan Carpenter. I, you know, Carpenter was in a very similar position when he signed with the Hawks. I think he was also 27 was the fourth, you know, 12th, 13th forward with, with Vegas came here, got consistent minutes, you know, even though it was still mostly on the fourth line, you know, although, you know, we all remember the Ryan Carpenter second line center experiment oh, at yeah. times. Uh, but, you know, Lafferty has got a similar opportunity and yeah, again, yeah. So you could probably flip him at some point and just kind of keep the, keep the uh, rebuild rolling that way. So.
0: Yep. Uh, another interesting, I don't know if it's interesting, but we did talk about um, kubalik a couple times and mm-hmm. he got scratched and then actually showed a little effort oh, from being scratched. So, I mean, I still don't think that changes what we're going to, I think we should still, we're still in agreement that you probably move on from him, but it was nice to see a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless something monumentally changes in his game over the next over this final month, um, I don't think there's any any chance that they um, uh, keep him as a restricted free agent. Or, or I mean, I should say, I don't think that they will offer him arbitration. In which case, he will become an unrestricted free agent. And I suppose maybe if he would be willing to. To take a massive pay cut, yeah. maybe you, you you bring him back for a year, see if maybe he can regain a little bit of scoring touch, and then maybe you can flip him. But at but, that
0: point, at that point, a guy like him would be do you take less money to go somewhere else and
1: take you would think so, over. yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, but again, you know, maybe over the next month, you know that uh, that second line of Taves and Radish and Kubalik. You know, maybe they find some chemistry. Maybe it convinces Kubelik, hey, you know, if I take a one-year, $2 million deal, maybe I can get back to scoring 20, 25 goals and, um, you know, then maybe get flipped to a contender as opposed to going into unrestricted free agency this year, coming off of a bad year. I can't imagine any contenders are going to be, you know, lining up to say, hey, come play, come get second line minutes with us. So,
0: yeah. uh, To be honest with you, i was a little bit surprised that there were people like when he was scratched that were upset and i was like he was a reaction like have you been watching him play
1: yeah i just it, he's been a complete ghost for the last probably about two months and even the first month or so of the season um you know he was still generating some shots early on but it was mostly off of the power play and just he's He's done nothing five on five this year, which, you know, is a complete flip of the script from his first two years where he was a pretty good five on five player. You know, he's never been a line driver, but he always works just hard enough to, um, you know, not be a liability defensively and kind of like radish, you know, he, he skated hard enough to get into the right spots to score. This year, it, he's just it doesn't
0: uh, happen you know,
1: here. I, I could say charitably, maybe it's a lack of confidence, you know, maybe the coaching change, you know, we talk about it having a positive influence on a lot of guys, you know, Kubelik had a lot of success under Collington and, you know, since King has taken over, it the effort level hasn't been there. Maybe, yeah, you know, there's something with that lack of confidence, but to me, it's just he, he's just not trying hard enough.
0: Yeah, and
1: yeah. So I'm not I'm not going to worry too much about Kugelik at this point. If he stays on a cheap deal, fine. If not, I don't. I, not necessarily the type of guy. If he's not giving effort, that I'd want around a rebuild anyway.
0: Yes. So that was the um, I thought I'd ask because there were a couple articles about uh, Derek King I saw, but. Um, mm. What do you think? Do you think they should keep him another year? Or I don't. not move on.
1: I don't. Um, I'd be. I, I would definitely uh, consider if he would be willing to return to Rockford and coach the AHL team. I think he would have. You know, he's he seems to have a, a good rapport with players. Um, I think that's that he'd be the. And, and, you know, and he does preach fundamentals. Um, seemingly pretty well. Uh, he was willing to kind of force the team midseason to, you know, play conservatively, relearn some structure, um, simplify their games. And I think that that's something that can have some value for young players, um, you know, especially as some guys have to transition from juniors from being a star on their team to just being another guy and having to maybe learn a different role, you know, guys that were top six guys in juniors, you know, might have to settle into being a fourth line grinder type. And I think King could probably have a good influence on those type of players, but you know, is, is he willing to, you know, accept us, you know, a pseudo dem- demotion back to his old role, even though, you know, it, he was only been brought in as the interim or would he just prefer to, you know, move along. And, you know, I would assume there would be plenty of teams that would offer him an AHL uh, head coaching job. Um, or is he maybe now at the point where he'd prefer to have a, an assistant coaching job in the NHL. And, you know, if that's the case, then I, I, I would doubt he would stay with the Blackhawks in that capacity. Um, yeah. he'd probably have to to find that opportunity somewhere else
0: Yeah, so. that's gonna say because that was my i think you know he just seems like an interim yeah he does not I, seem like a guy you build a team around
1: yeah I mean you know I do give him a lot of credit he was put into a really really tough situation and the team didn't quit um yes. you know I, I think I mentioned that you know the um even when Colleton took over in very similar circumstances um, where, you know, having to replace, you know, in Colleton's case, he was replacing a freaking legend and, you know, and the team immediately started playing worse, but they eventually, you know, kind of rediscovered some things. And, you know, there was at least a slight bit of hope coming out of that, that first season. Uh, Yeah the case of King, I, uh, uh, you know, I give him credit that the team was in complete disarray. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, like I said, he, he came in, kept things light, kept, I, I think.
0: At least uh, stabilized it. Yeah.
1: Stabilized things, kept the guys from, uh, overthinking. I think he was smart to kind of simplify things and, um, you know, but I just, I don't think he's the guy that can kind of ramp them back up to the next level.
0: No, I don't think so either. I mean, even this week he um there's some quotes from him where he was saying that the you know the team's effort just they didn't have a good enough effort and they're giving up the goals and I just, that might be true but it it's not i don't know if it's lack of effort it's just i don't think they've got the talent right defense that
1: You know, there is the other side of things in that, you know, this team is going to be rebuilding. They are not going to have the talent to compete the next couple of years. Um, So, you know, I I don't think it's this other situation where you're going to be able to bring in, uh, you know, a, a top line veteran coach. And in some ways, you know, would king make a decent sacrificial lamb um yeah. where you know he would teach some young kids to to
0: well that would be the argument you'd make
1: yeah you know he'd teach him to be professional he would teach them uh, you know he would keep you know like i said keep things light uh he's, he does have a sense of humor i don't think he would necessarily be one of those coaches that would get angry and um let the losing get to him a lot. And I think that's probably good to kind of keep that and kind of influence away from the players. So yeah. in that regard, you know, uh, if you keep them for a couple of years and then, well, you know, don't dump them once the talent level starts to increase.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you use like a, you know, reference from a different sport, kind of like the Cubs and um, when their original rebuild before the world series, right. Where they had like, a rich renteria, you know, like yeah, and then
1: well, and, and you know, honestly, you could say the same thing with Renteria when he moved to the south side. You know, mm-hmm. he got him through the rebuild part of it, and then once they were ready to take that next step, they uh, almost you almost know. feel bad for him, right? Right, and you know, honestly, uh it not uh, completely different from what the Blackhawks did. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they yeah. walked away from Denny Savard um, you know, under similar circumstances where, you know, he was a guy that was learning on the job and, exactly. uh, kept things light and taught, you know, a lot of young players how to be a professional, but he just wasn't necessarily the right coach to instill the, 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 the give them that final polish that they needed.
0: Of and course, that was a bit of a, bit of a stickier situation because he was like a team legend. That's
1: also, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, not only that, but um, he was very close with the team's, uh, you know, the face of the franchise and and Patrick Kane, too, you know, because, you know, that was one of the things, you know, you always have to consider when, you know, you're changing coaches is, you know, are you going to have a mutiny among the players? And, you know, I think at least at that point, uh, they were able to get away with it a little bit just because, you know, Taves and Kane and those guys were, I, I, gosh, I want to say they were still what, 20? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so it was a sort of thing where I, you figured they would bounce back. You know, it's not it, not necessarily a situation like you had with Quenville, where he was there for a long time, and guys yeah. had grown up with him and known him for, you know, a decade. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, and of course it's the NHL. It's not like Any coach has a long.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the, the Quenville situation was very unique. (laughs) Um, You you just, you don't see that very often anymore where a guy sticks around as long as he did. Um, So, yeah, I mean, whether it's King or a different coach, chances are, they're probably going to be gone in two to three years, especially considering they're going to, you know, lose a lot of games the next couple of years, regardless of who the coach is.
0: Yep. So I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add.
1: Oh, I think we should probably mention, um, you know, I mean, we talked about it a little bit going into the trade deadline where, you know, I said, there's absolutely no chance Jonathan Tate is moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'd be an off season discussion. And I, you know, I do think that that's forthcoming, but, you know, part of the other. Uh, you know, reasoning for, my thought process on that was,
0: oh yeah, you know, his thousandth game.
1: His thousandth game is coming up tomorrow night, and right. you know, we've talked about Kane. Want you know, being you know, still having records out there to chase, and you know, wanting to to kind of rule over the Blackhawks record books. Mm-hmm. So he might potentially want to stay. Whereas with I mean, Taves, he didn't really have anything out there except for this. This is the so one. So
0: now that he's going to have this.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily I can't think at least of anything that might be on the horizon where it'd be like, oh, you know, I'd like to stick around for that.
0: No, I can't think of any.
1: So, you know, the the only the only thing that I think would keep Taves here for next season is this is just his home. And if that's the case and he's willing to assign a cheap extension and just deal with the losing. Yes. Okay, maybe, but I think we're getting to the point where that's probably not going to be what we see with Taves. But,
0: well, I get the sense from Kim that he's not okay with losing.
1: Right. If you know, I, it, the other portion of that would have been, you know, had he came back this year and things would have continued like they did for the first 25 games where he just clearly didn't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. I think over the last 25 or so games, he's shown that he still can contribute to an NHL team yes. and can still, He still, he still got the drive. So got
0: one year left on his contract. Yes. So, yeah, there'll be, there be many teams that would be willing for one year. I would think,
1: I, I, you know, I would think so. Um, you know, it, it, to me, it wouldn't Blackhawks be that definitely. it wouldn't be that dissimilar from a situation like they, they had with Duncan Keith last year. You know, where he's clearly not the player that he used to be. The contract's a bit of an issue. You know, the, the Blackhawks miraculously were able to to deal Keith without having to eat any of the deal um, with Taves. I don't. You know, that's definitely not going yeah, to be an option. They will have to eat half of it, which will bring his contract down to. Duncan Keith like levels
0: mm-hmm.
1: and even then it, it might be the sort of thing where they need to get a third team involved. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so that uh, I do see that as a possibility. Cause I, I, I could at least see, uh, you know, a, a couple of contenders saying, Oh, you know, we could really use a third line center, yes. you know, experience that can, you know, kind of help take us to that next, you know, get us over that final hump.
0: And it um, certainly um, wouldn't hurt like, for, to generate headlines exactly what you were into
1: exactly yeah so um yeah i i do think that that's the, the road that the blackhawks and taves are heading down is um finding the right situation you know it's going to be a combination of the duncan keith and mark andre Fleury. um you know this is all going to kind of run through his agent and um you know the opposing gm's more or less pitching his agent, yes. and then you know, Taves deciding on okay, these are the places that I'd be willing to go, and then, get yeah, Davids, think, then getting Davidson involved at that
0: point. Saying, strategic, yeah, strategic leaks like Taves is willing to go somewhere else,
1: right? Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's kind of my expectation, but in the meantime, uh, yeah, we got the thousandth game tomorrow, and you know, that'll be a a big celebration i'm sure the fans will be very appreciative of his mm-hmm. efforts uh, throughout the years and hopefully this can at least kind of um kick off his final month here of the season and potentially his final month as a blackhawk on a positive note yeah. and you know maybe that'll uh, help smooth things over um on his departure
0: yep we'll see and um, I guess that's all we'll capture this week. Uh, Michael, you're at
1: mj underscore ernst.
0: Yep, I'm at sth85. Can uh, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, and we'll be back. And there'll be some not well played but exciting hockey coming up. And yeah, we'll be back.